When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Great to have you with us as we have episode two of the Pikel podcast. Rutgers coming off a nice clean sweep of their opening week, winning over Columbia's Sacred Heart and then a tough uh, fought game over UMass Lowell, joined by the head coach himself, Steve Pikel. Coach, 3-0, and how are we doing? 3-0, and that was the goal. And, uh, you know, again, excited about this team. We, a lot of obstacles, uh, overcome some injuries, uh, overcome a lot of things. I think every game was a step up to and um, – you know the level of talent that was on the floor and I really liked the other night we kind of had a commanding lead 10 points or so the whole time but had to uh you know swap some lineups around and figure some things out love the fact that this team uh continues to be real coachable I think a lot of guys are getting really valuable minutes um you know I love the effort and the play of Andre Hyatt um, done a, he's done a really, really good job keeping balls alive, making free throws, making open threes, um, starting to talk and communicate more on the, the defensive end. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of guys, you know, kind of did some great things during this uh, three-game stretch, and every opponent was a little bit different, so it helps us for the next opponent. And you've had 10-plus steals in each one of your games, which is where I want to start because you love defense. And you've had really good defenders in the past for sure, and Caleb hasn't played yet, and he's one of them. But collectively, the one thing we see from above, hands up, hands active, and there have been so many deflected passes. It seems like um, the lanes have been cluttered. I imagine it's a point of emphasis. How proud of you on that end of the floor, how difficult you made it on the other teams? Well, I mean, we really uh, were able to swarm our activity, too. I mean, Mawat does a really good job getting in the stance, his length. Uh, Antoine Wolfhawk, another guy, got a lot of tips during these three games in a short amount of minutes that he played. But our ability to pressure the ball, too, with Jalen Miller and Derek Simpson is really, really uh, – 
have been a, a real asset for us. And then Cam Spencer's ability to, you know, be in passing lanes and just anticipate has been been really good. And keeping Cliff down and not in foul trouble and with his shot blocking ability, kind of unique. And we can change up and do a lot of different things. And Paul kind of anchors everything. Paul does a little bit of everything. His voice is the most important thing. You know, on the defensive end, but I thought all the guys, you know, came in and, and, and really give us something different, you know, on the defensive end. And we're starting to gel um, on that end of the floor. And I look forward to mixing up things, too, because we got a lot more um, that we do this year, you know, defensively. That's the exciting part. And then if we ever get Caleb McConnell back, as you know, he's probably the best defender in the country. So that'll add add to our defense. You used the word anticipation there a couple of times with the way your guys were defending. What does that tell you about the preparation they're putting in, um, that they, they're kind of looking for what they're finding? You know, they're doing a really good job of, of uh, taking away the opponent's strength. We've, we've, you know, and we didn't have a lot of days, too, but they, they soaked in the messages in between the different games. Every team we played was, was very different. You know, Sacred Heart was a, a three-point shooting team, and then – Obviously, UMass Lowell was a downhill, get in the lane, and throw it into the post team. So two very different teams, and, and with short periods of prep, they were able to soak all that in, and that just goes to a focus. I mean, again, it's nice having veterans. Uh, that's a big part of it. But the young guys, too, have to soak in those kind of things. And I thought Derek and, and Wolf, when the minutes that they played, did, you know, did a really good job of that, too. Episode two of the Pikel podcast, Rutgers goes to uh, Mohegan Sun to play Temple on Friday, 3-0 and through their first week and three games. Um, you mentioned Derek Simpson. I got to hit on a lot of guys here, but we talked after the first game. Um, he went two for seven. He missed his first five shots, and it didn't seem like much at the time, but how important do you think, looking back, him making those last two shots in the first game was for him getting set for game number two? Yeah, I mean, I think all your when you're young like that, all your experiences help you in the next, you know, in the next game. Um, you know, he has a swagger about him too, and he can, you know, he does a lot more than just score. I mean, his defense has improved so much. So that's the part I'm most excited about. Everyone else sees the other things. I love the fact that he went ten for ten and and drew five fouls mm-hmm. the other day. Like when you're drawing five and six fouls a game, that's a really good sign. Cliff drew seven the other night, uh, seven fouls. So. Um, you know, his improvement on both ends of the floor has been really, really good, and um, he's got a good approach to it. Our freshman class, Antonio, um, all of our newcomers, Antonio, Wolf, Derek, and, and Cam Spencer are real coachable guys, and, and they really focus on, you know, the game plan, and, and have done a really good job in that, and that's not usually what you get from freshmen. I'll tell you, it's fun watching them, too, because you mentioned Cam there again, and you've always had a couple of guys that could score, but we're watching this, and even me and Austin were talking during one of the commercial breaks. It's almost like, all right, who's getting the ball this time down because you've got so many different options. How difficult is it trying to figure out who you're going to and when, or is it sometimes just as simple as riding the hot hand? Well, you know what? We really pass the ball, and it's to the point where I'm showing a tape today um, that we passed it too much a few times. Passed up really good shots mm-hmm. for players that can make shots to make that next pass that maybe wasn't as good. Uh, of an opportunity so it's the first time in my seven years I'm showing a guy's tapes of like you got to take that shot because you guys went three more passes and you, you know eventually defenses catch up to you too so um, I really like that we could share the ball and and you know everyone has a unique skill set like Andre really can shoot threes and Mawak could score around the basket Cliff can do both now um, you know Cam Spencer can do both obviously and the fact that 
you know, we got guys who make free throws too now. That changes. And then Derek's a downhill guy. He could do a lot of things that way. And Paul does what he does. Um, and then we'll get, you know, Caleb back hopefully, you know, soon too, where he's kind of a unique scorer too. He can really score around the basket too, and he can take you off the dribble and shoot. So, um, you know, but we got to keep sharing the game and play with that mindset. The other night it was Cliff's night. Mm-hmm. Get him the basketball. You know, the other night before that was Cam's night. You know, get him the basketball. You know, that's what we got to continue to be, that kind of team. It's going to be Paul's night one night. It's going to be Mouat's night. It's been Andre's night, you know, mm-hmm. and when, when he did, we got him his looks too. So we got to continue to be that kind of a team. Year three with Cliff. And the one thing that we've noticed watching, especially I want to say the second game against Sacred Heart more so, is that he looks like a much more veteran player, and obviously he is, and that he really seems like he's letting the game come to him. He's not forcing too much. The Sacred Heart was when they were running two and three guys at him, mm-hmm. right? And he had no problem. He wasn't forcing the ball up. What does that say about his maturity and where he is as a player now in his development? I mean, he's really grown, and now he's understanding of how teams are playing him and um, you know, getting great real estate. And the fact, too, that he can come away from the basket, too. They have to guard him very differently. And as you saw, he was six for eight from the free throw line. He looks as good at the free throw line as he's, he's ever looked. So, um, you know, his development is going to be huge for us. And the fact that he stayed out of foul trouble in, in two out of the three games, um, he had two early uh, in one of our contests. But, you know, that was always a big concern early on. He's getting smarter on that end of the floor more comfortable on the offensive end of the floor as he continues to mature. He's really, you know, put the time in and, uh, um, you know, has improved his game. And he's so, he is such a force. I mean, when he is going, he is just dominant. Like, we we like when we see the ball elevated and he's above the rim and you're just waiting for him to throw it down. Now you've got the shooters on the outside. It really seems like just such a luxury that you haven't had. And now that you, you seem like you do, it can take you a long way. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is this group just got to keep getting better. Like, the, I like it. They attack practice the right way. We got good leadership, again, you know, with Paul and, and Caleb and, and um, even Cam in his own way, even though mm-hmm. he's new to the thing, has, great, you know, great leadership quality. So, um, you know, pleased, but we got a long way to go, and it's a long season, and all the obstacles that come up. You get banged up. You know, Paul missed the game the other day. You know, with a shoulder, like you got to live through some of that. And I know I talked to a coach today, two of his guys got COVID, one has a flu. I mean, mm. those are the normal things that come about. Then you have some, you know, injuries and then you have, you know, some personal issue, you know, like so all the obstacles that these kids go through. And then the obstacles of just being freshmen and the obstacles of being in different positions now as play more pressure on guys. You know, you didn't play as much last year, but now you're playing. You know, it's it's one thing to complain about not playing. Now you are playing. Now you got to, you know, perform when you play. And everything's being scrutinized. So you got to live through the scrutiny of, uh, you know, what other people think you should be doing. So there's a lot to a season that goes. And I think they're enjoying the process right now. And uh, they got to continue to do that. And we got to continue to grow as a program. A wise coach one told me, enjoy the journey. <laughs> mm, I wonder who that was. He's to my left. All right, we'll take a quick break. You touched on leadership. I'd like to get to that on the other side um, because of what happened with Paul the other day and the impact he still had. So first break, the Pikel Podcast continues in just a moment on the RWJ Barnabas Health Rutgers Sports Network. Episode two of the Pikel Podcast. Before the break, we were talking, you mentioned leadership. And Paul goes out of the game on Saturday with the shoulder injury, at least what it looked like. But when he came back out, he didn't play, but he was very much involved in the game. 
what does that do for the guys that are still playing? And what does it do in terms? What does it show you about the leadership qualities that he has that you probably already knew about clearly? I mean, Paul's a winner, you know, and uh, the fact that he didn't finish the game, he's as tough as any of our players. But, um, you know, every time Derek talks to the media, you know, brings a smile to my face because he starts off by somehow Paul has helped him, you know, on this journey. And, you know, when you're a freshman point guard, uh, guard, and you got to go through all the things you go from high school to college, the fact that Paul is really taking the time to help Derek, and he does to every one of our players too, help Derek kind of navigate, you know, the things that he went through mm -hmm. too as a freshman. So, you know, real pleased with that when I see Caleb, who can't help us right now on the floor, but talking to guys about defense and, and about, you know, blowing up screens and about how to guard different things. Um, you know, it's just, you know, a great sign for us, you know, moving forward. Um, you know, you always want to take pride in the success of a teammate, you know, and you want to embrace their success because someday it's going to be their night, someday it's going to be your night, mm -hmm. you know, and, and when the team is all comes together for the same common goal, which is to perform at the highest level to win, you know, to embrace the challenges that the season brings and, and when they can also embrace the success of a teammate, that's the, you know, ultimate. The one thing that is obvious is that they like each other. I mean, it doesn't seem like anyone's jawing at one another. They seem like, and I use the word connected after the first couple of games, and you can see it. Everyone's up off the bench. When you were at Stony Brook and you won a lot of games there, did you have the same type of feel from 1 through 16 on the roster? And, and how long did it take you to kind of build that in your time there? I mean, you don't have it every year. Right. Like, it's – it's unique when you do have it, you know, because, you know, it's the hardest part of coaching and is, you know, 200 minutes, you got 15 yeah. guys, you know, like in little league baseball, everyone gets the same, you know, like it's not that, um, you know, and everyone wants to play every minute of every game. And then when they play, if there's a guy fortunate to play every minute of every, they wants to take every shot, you know, like, so there's a never ending, uh, you know, list of things that, you know, players want. Um, and, you know, well, what you have to understand is that we're all in this together and every game may not be your game or every game may not be your time, but there's a value for every single guy from the scout team that gets you prepared for games. That'll be as important as anybody mm -hmm. this week and they'll get none of the publicity after the game. But if they do a really good job for us, they will help us win the basketball game. So everyone has to chip in. And then as the years go by, your roles change, you know, like your role might have been, you know, I remember Caleb as a freshman, you, you know, uh, you know, stop turning the ball over and stop. And then his role became, okay, now he's a starter. Okay. Now you're the best defender. Now you're, you know, and, and that did just happen in, in one day. It took time to do that. And, uh, you know, and enjoy the journey, as you said before this. And, and, and if everyone could enjoy the journey with these guys as they go through their development. Geo Baker wasn't Geo Baker his first day on campus. Ron Harper wasn't Ron Harper. You know, Paul has improved in every area in his time here. You know, Cliff has improved. And I remember, you know, you got high, high expectations. Everyone is a freshman. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, you know, we, we have 11 screen coverages. In high school, you probably had one, right? You know, like so. You know, you have to learn and embrace it and enjoy it, and you know, and get the most out of your guys and make sure they all feel valued. And 
every single one of our guys value and everyone has to be ready because we've already seen the obstacles that this season has brought yeah no, no question you know so like it's 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 guys just be ready you mentioned the guys that put the work in uh, to get you ready for the next game. Guys like Aiden and Logan, and when they come in, the, the yeah. crowd loves and Andrew and all those yeah. guys. For people that don't know, what goes into what they do on a daily basis in terms of getting you ready for those games? Well, they are already, you know, uh, watching the next opponent, and they really got to play a role. It's almost like they, they got to be that player, mm-hmm. even if that's not who they are. On that day, for the whole week, um, they got to do that and do it at a high level. And, and you know, I, I laugh, you know, everyone will talk about Ron Harper and Geo Baker mm-hmm. leaving last year. Luke Nathan, a huge loss. No one will ever talk about it. No one, he was the best at simulating the other team's big guys. Like if that guy was shooting threes, a big guy shooting threes, Luke would be jacking up threes and making them, you right. know. And if it was a post-up guy like Kofi Coburn, he'd be setting screens and he would, you know, like he, you know, Ralph is greatly missed. And Ralph was so good in our locker room and did so many good things for our young guys and all that. And then Luke, you know, and, and obviously Ron and Gio because they just, you know, did so much for us. But those other guys were such an important part of us, you know, winning games last year. Um, and so, you know, part of that, prep team is they got to do everything and some days we'll put in a brand new zone like they have and they've learned it in two days and they got to simulate the best they can and do a great job doubling down in the post all the different things that you know logan has to do and aiden has to do and we used to have luke nathan in the middle of it and now we got andrew and jacob and those guys the job that they do but that's so so important no one ever writes about it or reads about it but you know to a basketball coach more important than than the game day well, because it's the same thing. It's it doesn't sell. It's not it's not sexy. Yeah. The same way you you did it at the at the banquet the dinner a few weeks ago uh, at Joe Boylan's uh, dinner, it, and I love when you say this and you talk about how the game is half defense, half scoring, and yet no one ever discusses the defensive part and how you talk about how defensively you can take points away from the other team. No one seems to care about that. It's who's who's making threes as opposed to who's defending the threes. And it's got to be – for someone like Caleb, he got the accolades last year. But a lot of guys don't get it. It's got to be frustrating. But at least they've got a coaching staff that recognizes it. It's just – it's amazing the way the mentality. Yeah, I love it. And 98% of the questions are about yeah. know, the guy that scores or the guy that's in a shooting slump. Yep. And I'm like, you guys missed half the game. Like, it was our screen coverage that killed us. Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do. We could we could live through all that, you know. Or it was our post-defense coverage. Or, it, you know, like, but, you know, everyone reads about and talks about, you know, what's sexy. We as a program have never been – we've been blue-collar and tough, and that's how we've won games and continue to do. And I, I continue to say this. I've been in basketball for a long time. Even the greatest shooting team – the greatest shooting team I've coached has had awful shooting nights. Mm-hmm. It's just the, you know, the law of averages. You know, yeah. you just can't make shots every time. Even though, even from the free throw line, everyone should make every shot. And I said, some of the greatest basketball players I ever saw, Shaq O'Neal. I mean, this guy could hit you know, all the famers. Couldn't, but yet no one can understand when a guy goes up to that line. You go up to that line with pressure on you, and, and, and shooting free throws is very different than basketball's played at a high pace and taking shots, guys hitting you and contesting. Now all of a sudden, everything slows down. Yeah. 
the ball's handed to you. Nobody's guarding you. And everyone's you know, staring at you. The crowd, you know, it's very different. Even though every, oh, it's easy. Oh, did you teach your guys how to do this and that. I'm like, you got, yeah, until you do it, you don't realize it. And then do it in front of 35,000 people screaming at you and hollering at you with pressure. You know, it's just very different. But, you know, that's the great part of the game of basketball. Everyone, you know, can take a part of it and have an opinion about it. And that's what makes college basketball great. So, May, you mentioned Shaq. I, two weeks ago or so, he admitted that younger days of his and the early days of his pro career, he was terrified to go to the free throw line because he knew at best he might make one of two. And it was more common he would miss both. And it was just something like he didn't – he would rather just give me the bucket and go back and play defense in the end one because he didn't want to go to the free throw line. And for him to admit that now yeah. gets into the mentality of the player sometimes when you're not – and then you watch Spencer. It's that stroke, and I, I mean, he's not going to make them all, and I know that. But my God, it looks like he could make a hundred out of a hundred. Just different yeah. places, amazing. The different mentality of the different players, and who's good at what and who's not. So Absolutely, it is crazy. All right, when we come back, a couple of things. A, we got to get into Temple, which we will do. We'll preview them uh, for Friday, Mohegan Sun. Also, I've got a few questions from social media. Ask Coach. We will do that next. It's the Pikeel Podcast, Episode Two, on the RWJ Barnabas Health Rutgers Sports Network. As we continue on with the Pikel Podcast, Episode 2, Rutgers will be in a neutral site against Temple on Friday. Get to that in just a moment. Before we get back to the, uh, the nuts and bolts, i got a couple of questions from social media for you. From Melissa, what is your pregame routine as head coach? We always have our shoot-around no matter what, um, you know, unless the game's very early in the morning, and then I don't want to get the guys up at 5 a.m. for a shoot-around. Uh, but I oftentimes I'm watching film of the opponent and just going over my notes. Um, and then I will try to get home in between that. If I can get home and take a quick shower and then come back and get ready to, um, to pray when I'm on the road, I, I, uh, go for walks, mm -hmm. you know, kind of makes me think and, and realize what, when I'm on the road at Indiana and those kind of things. So I have a few rituals and I, I stick with them. And very superstitious. Do the know. butterflies ever go away? Or are they, you? They don't. I think that's the great part of coaching. They never do. They never do. It's You're always excited about every game. Um, I'm, I'm always, you know, and I, you know this, I talk about, I, I like the journey of the season. Like no one else wants, everyone wants the nowadays anyways. It wasn't always like this 32 years ago. Everyone always just wants to go to the NCAA tournament at the right. end. Like that's the. The, the the journey for me of the season and the ups and downs and the figuring things out and the all the obstacles like every day you walk in the office you don't know what you know this guy's got a test he can't be at practice this guy's not feeling well he's not, this guy's not this guy's out like you know um you know like and then the other team i always say like no one ever factors in the other team <laughs> You know, like people, I'll get a How come we don't get Cliff the ball more? I'm like, the <laughs> other team just spent two weeks on how not to get Cliff, let him, you know what I mean? Like, yes. no one ever factors the other team. And so I love that part of the. Just a general question about coaching. Is the most frustrating thing about it when the team is prepared, they know what to do, and yet they're not executing, or there's that lid on the basket and you're just helpless? I mean, you know, there's frustration in so many. Uh, so many different ways because you always want your team, you know, to be perfect. Yeah, mm. basketball is so imperfect game. But then you got to keep guys' spirits like, you know, you're not going to make every shot. Like, mm -hmm. You're not going to make every free throw. You're going to have good games. You're going to have bad games. I mean, the guys at the highest level have good games and bad games. It's not like you can't just roll out the ball and, 
you know, and sometimes I think people think it's that way. And I always say with a good artist, even there's mistakes in their pictures and like people don't even notice them. And sometimes those mistakes become the, the greatest part of the picture, yep. you know, type of deal. And that's, you know, how I kind of look at the season and, and, you know, as a coach too, I mean, some of these guys have every right answer. Like I got 30 second time out, <laughs> you know, like I, I can't sit in a boardroom and talk to 12 other people and get their opinions, <laughs> professionals, older people. You know, I'm I'm sitting around the huddle with 17 years old, 19 years old. This guy's in foul trouble. This guy just broke up with his girlfriend. This guy, and like, okay, we got to pick the the play that that's gonna, you know, I mean, like, yep. so, you know, no coaches, or maybe there are some. I'm certainly not. Or you know, you're perfect. We got 30 second timeout. You know, I'm gonna make the best decision that I have with the information I have at that time. And sometimes it's the wide open look, and and and, and it bounces off the rim. And sometimes it's a bad position, the ball bounces around and goes in. Yep. There's so many uh, things that come into play when you're, you know, coaching, you know, basketball and, and uh, in all sports too. And uh, you just got to keep rolling and keep believing in your cores and keep believing in your guys. That is it. All right, this is from Billy. Would you prefer to play on the road in a hostile environment or would you rather play in an empty type of setting like the COVID season where there's not much atmosphere? Well, the first thing I want to play is at home. Many games. I know. <laughs> at Jersey I, that's Mike's not the question. As possible. <laughs> as possible. But, you know, if I had those two choices of empty or full of people, I, you know, full of people, yeah. you know, that's what this game deserves. And, you know, that's why kids come to places like this. And, you know, and we certainly get our challenges when you're on the road. Like, it's just when you win a road game with all the things stacked against you, um, including, I think, referees, referee differently, home and away, too. So it's not just players and coaches and all those things. Um, there's no better feeling, like, in, in especially at this level. Like, you know, when I used to go on the road at, you know, Stony Brook University, you go to some road venues, there just weren't that many people mm -hmm. there. It was kind of like, you know, sometimes you had more fans. Right. And, but never at this level. Um, when you go on the road, you are facing, you know, a hostile crowd and – you know, I like the challenges that that bring that, that brings, and you hope your team embraces those challenges too. It's funny when I was print when I was copying and pasting this, I'm reading it and I'm thinking, can you believe we had a season with no fans? It's 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 feels like ten years ago, and yet it feels like yesterday at the same time. And you think about it, like, my that, God, that's still the most amazing year. That yeah, thirty-two years of coaching, like every single day we COVID tested, every single day I was nervous, contract tracing. We put guys on the shelf for 14 days because yeah. you remember you used to have to quarantine them for 14 days. Like a guy would come out of 14 days, and then we expect him to fight through screens. Right. And the guy didn't even know what town he was in. Yeah. You know, think about these athletes running around for and then right. for 14 days doing, you know, like so. It was one of the most amazing. And Dr. Bouchard, our you know team doctor, we talked every single day for 365 days. It was. Like, just really amazing that our players could go through a year like that. There was no restaurants. There was nothing open right. here. I mean, like, you go to college for camaraderie. You go to college to, you know, enjoy, you, you know, your roommates, your teammates, your fellow students. You go to, you know, they sat in empty dorm yep. rooms. Like, just amazing. And to get to the NCAA tournament that year, what a tip of the hat to all 
all involved. It was you incredible. Not, not kidding. All right, last question from uh, social media. We've seen from uh, Julian. We've seen Ron and Gio back at the rack already this season. What does it mean to you to have those guys back? And what do you think it means to the current players to see former players come back and support them? I mean, I just love it. We had, you know, Greg Lewis was back, a former player. You know, Austin, our, mm-hmm. our radio guy, does not Luke. Nathan is back. Nick Brooks was back. Um, C.J. Geddes before he moved on and went over to Europe. You know, so we've had a great group. I love when they come back. There is a knighthood here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's the, the best part of being a basketball coach is when the former players, and I didn't coach all these guys. Um, I know Quincy Doobie's going to be down in Miami when we're there. We have the 75 team. Those guys, you know, show up and, and do an awesome, awesome job. You know, so um, – you know, it's exciting. That's what you're in coaching for, that camaraderie and that, you know, uh, friendships that are built and, and their love of the university are awesome. So I'm very thankful when they they all come back. All right, final piece here of the Pikel Podcast, Episode 2. 3-0 and start. It's been – really, it's been fun. It's only a week, but it's been a blast. Now you had some time off as you go into Friday, some extra time to prepare. I know you like the time. It's got to be good for the guys' bodies and everything. Playing a Temple team that played phenomenal against Villanova. Uh, what are we looking at on Friday, and, and how much better and step up are you going to see now? Yeah, I mean, they were uh, – I mean, watching, you know, Villanova, they were the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have terrific guards. They play really good. He's been saying all along this is his best team that he's coached at Temple, and they're picked high in, 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 in their conference, which is a really good conference too. So you go to a neutral site now, um, you know, you play in front of a lot of neutral fans, you know, because Temple will travel too. So um, challenges just keep ramping up, and every game is a challenge in a different way. This one is they got – they're an older team. They're very athletic they have guards that can really score the ball. Um, you know, we got to be really good. And, and uh, this week we got a chance to, A, prepare for the game, but also we, we need to get better at the things that we didn't do well in the first three games. And, and that's a big part of this week. We got to get better. And we got to get healthy too. You know, like we, we can't have Paul out for stretches. We can't, you know, can't have Caleb out, quite honestly, you know, for stretches. So hopefully we get healthy and the guys that are banged up, you can play three games in six days so you get banged up. So, like, get a little time to maybe heal their bodies. But our, our minds have to get better and our team has to get better. And that's going to be an important part of this week. All right, Coach, 3-0 and to start. Along the way, win number 100 here at uh, Rutgers. Congratulations once again. 101 now after the win on Saturday. We will see you in Uncasville, and we will do this again in a couple weeks. Look forward to it. Thanks so much. That is Episode 2 of the Pikel Podcast on the RWJ Barnabas Health Rutgers Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates in Northbrook, Illinois.